0: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Coronavirus Update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my Talk Radio Breakfast Show into this daily podcast so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe.
0: Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio
1: we're joined now by Jonathan Ashworth the Labour MP and of course reappointed yes uh, yesterday uh, as the shadow health secretary and he joins us this morning good morning to you, Jonathan
2: good morning
1: um delighted to see you're you're back in uh, the same role again um you've been offering a lot of i think very constructive uh, um uh, thoughts to the government over, over this time of national crisis your immediate reaction this morning though, to of course the very very worrying news last night that Boris Johnson is in intensive care
2: well, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's absolutely awful, and all our thoughts are with him. Uh, look, we are rooting for him. He is our nation's prime minister, and whether people voted for him or not, we all want him to ha- see a speedy recovery because we need him back, fit and healthy, leading and coordinating the nation's uh, fight back to this awful, awful virus. But, of course, he's not just a politician. He's also uh, a father. With his fiancée, they are expecting a child. So my thoughts are really with him and his his loved ones, for which this must be an unspeakable, uh, awful time for them. And, of course, he will be getting the very best care in the NHS. Our NHS staff will be uh, absolutely fantastic in looking after him. So, But we really are all rooting for him, um, you know, and our thoughts are with him. Today. Yes,
1: indeed. Again, as you say, I don't think it matters how one feels about politics uh, and political parties or Brexit or anything else. This is a, a fundamentally, we're talking about a human being. Um, now, we've been speaking to experts all morning who suggest that they are concerned that the Prime Minister's situation, his health is in a, in a more worrying state than perhaps we are being told. We were told yesterday that he had been given oxygen before moving to intensive care and he was not at that time on a ventilator. Uh, no update confirming either way whether he's on a ventilator yet today. Uh, One of our guests we just spoke to, Roy Lilly, used to be an NHS Trust chairman. Obviously, no personal information, but he said that he, like many and other people I've spoken to this morning, uh, suggests that actually, you know, you're not getting an intensive care bed unless you absolutely need it. And it's. It, it's, although there are many in intensive care who don't have ventilators, there will be a big fear that actually he has had to be sedated. He is on ventilation. Is it absolutely vital that if the that is the case, if and when that is the case, that that information is given, is made public immediately? Well,
2: I'm sure the Downing Street will want to be completely transparent and offer the public the reassurance and the clarity that is appropriate. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I can't second guess what um, what he's particular medical requirements at at the moment are, other than to say that the NHS will be doing that absolute best for him and will be giving him the most exceptional brilliant care imaginable uh, as they would to anybody else because we should be so proud of our NHS and the way in which they have responded um, to this crisis. It's clearly a very worrying time and and I think the broader point about this is is look this, this virus does not discriminate. You can get this if you're elderly or if you're vulnerable with underlying conditions, but you can get this if you're seemingly fit and healthy. And it's why people really, really, really must follow the, the, the rules, stay at home, wash their hands, observe social distancing uh, and so on, because uh, we have all got to pull together to beat this virus.
1: And this is the key, isn't it? Perhaps bringing it back to those people who were out and about at the weekend thinking, you know, without a care in the world that that, the government advice, stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. It really does make a difference and it's not just the elderly and by the way, elderly lives count just as much uh, as younger lives. It is people of all ages. We've seen children as young as five uh, losing their lives. A 13-year-old young lad uh, without any uh, underlying conditions. This could affect any or all of us at any time. Um, Let's talk about how things go forward though, of course. We know that, uh, you know, we don't have a presidential system. We do have a government by, by cabinet and, and the Prime Minister is just first among equals um, and Dominic Raab is taking over those some of those day-to-day duties. Um, your, your party leader, Sir Keir Starmer, was due to meet uh, with uh, the Prime Minister this week, uh, expectation that the Prime Minister was would be out of isolation able to do so, meet with the team. Um, is that going to still go ahead? Is there still going to be meetings to bring um, the, the senior figures from opposition parties into sort of the knowledge base and the advice that the medical officer and the Uh, and the science advisor are giving the government
2: i I imagine there'll be some process that goes ahead and i have to say that i've been very impressed by the extent to which matt hancock the health secretary has kept me informed we've had meetings we've had in recent times it's been phone calls rather than face-to-face meetings for obvious for obvious reasons and indeed actually um uh, i and our then leader jeremy corbyn went in to see the prime minister a, a couple of weeks ago or so and had meetings with senior officials as well. So I've been very impressed by the extent to which the government has been briefing us. They've already um, briefed our new leader, Keir Starmer, quite rightly, uh, and I'm sure those discussions and briefings and meetings will continue. And that's important because it means we, as the opposition, can ask questions, we can make suggestions, um, we can highlight where we think there are gaps. Because look, there are people, there are people who get in touch with us. There are NHS staff on the front line who say. What's happening with the PPE? There are uh, people in the social care sector who say, you know, this hasn't been sorted, that hasn't been sorted. So it's entirely appropriate that we're given that opportunity to raise these issues with ministers as well, because it's about strengthening the national effort in responding to this virus.
1: Indeed, and this is the key thing. This is uh, this is not a time for people to to cast aspersions on someone uh, while they're in health difficulties, uh, just because they didn't like their politics. But this is still absolutely a time for scrutiny and for questioning of the government and their decision making. And those issues about uh, developing tests, the antigen test for for NHS workers, the antibody test for for a mass a uh, route out of this lockdown, and the lack of protective uh, equipment and, and clothing for our frontline staff. Those are still very much live and important issues are you hopeful that those are going to get resolved we know that the prime minister has very much been a sort of not hands-off prime minister he's someone who points people he delegates and uh, lets them get on with the job are you confident that the from your conversations particularly with the hancock the health secretary your opposite number that the government is now on top of these issues
2: well these are the things that the government are, are looking at all the time and these are the issues that we raise with the government and these are the issues that are raised with us all the time as well and uh, um, you know we, we were we were calling for the government to go further on testing last week the government has announced they are going to go further on testing and we've got ideas about how they can improve or, or, or how we can meet the targets on testing and we would urge the government to make better use of the laboratories at universities and research institutes and so on the government in fairness are now looking at, looking at that as well so but, but it is important that all these issues that uh, continue to be probed, continue to be raised, uh, questions are continue to, continue to be asked, because we are in unprecedented times and we do need to pull together. And we will only succeed if we know where the gaps are. So if NHS staff in one part of the country are saying it hasn't it's not quite hasn't quite worked out the way it should do here, can you raise it? Then if we can raise it, we can fix it. And and that is, that is, that is important and that has to be done.
1: And let's also just talk just very briefly, if we can, um, about, uh, the, the new leadership of your party. You, of course, remained, uh, in the shadow cabinet, uh, as indeed did, of course, Keir Starmer, uh, all this time. they perhaps not the, the biggest, uh, supporter of Jeremy Corbyn and being, not being a, perhaps a Corbynista. Um, but, um, how big a change is it going to be to have, uh, Sir Keir Starmer in charge leading Her Majesty's opposition, do you think now?
2: Well, I mean, it, it is a big change. And I've been around politics long enough now to see, well, I've not counted them, but quite a few Labour leaders um, you know, take over and, and every new leader puts their stamp on their party. Every new leader leads in a different way. They have their own style. But I think, I think Keir has uh, uh, quite rightly straight away announced that he wants to play a constructive role in supporting the government to get through this national crisis. But of course, highlighting the issues and making suggestions. When problems arise, which is an entirely reasonable and a legis- legitimate position to take, but he's also quite rightly said, the Labour Party will ne- has to deal with the evil, the toxic, the foulness of anti-Semitism, and I think some of the early things that Keir Starmer has made on that front are important and welcome. Also, across
0: the UK, online on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio.
1: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio.
1: Uh, let's uh, turn our attention to well, the governing of this country with our next guest. Sir Lindsay Hoyle is Speaker of the House of Commons and kindly joins us now. Good morning to you, Sir Lindsay.
3: Good morning, Julia. Good
1: morning. Um, first of all, your reaction to the incredibly worrying news last night that Boris Johnson had been taken to intensive care and remains there this morning.
3: It's terrible news. I'm in complete shock. Uh, there's no two ways about it. Here we have a large and life figure, the Prime Minister of this country being struck down. It's just an folding nightmare we are fighting but of course it is about our thoughts and prayers from everyone across the house we are wishing the prime minister and his family the best wishes and we're hoping for a speedy recovery sooner rather than later you know but it, but it is that shock but it just shows you it can touch anybody anywhere at any time nobody would have expected this of the prime minister or prince charles it really is a worry and it is something that we've got to unite on in this country. We've got to find fight this hideous virus. The one thing is just follow the advice we're given. The one thing about Boris is he's in the right place with the dedicated staff of the NHS that are looking after him and I know they're gonna get him through
1: this. Absolutely. I think we're all keeping everything crossed uh, for for that. And now we know, look, we've gone through a very, very difficult time in our country the last few years, the battles over Brexit, the battles within Parliament, particularly under your predecessor, uh, Speaker of the House of Commons, uh, John Bercow. There does seem to be a time now, certainly also with Jeremy Corbyn's departure as Labour leader and Sikir Starmer's replacement, there does seem to be a sort of a more collegiate atmosphere, perhaps a more constructive atmosphere, a more wi- a greater willingness on all sides, all different political parties uh, to perhaps work, together um it is a very difficult time though without a written constitution dominic Raab has taken over the reins of power to all intents and purposes but we do have cabinet government parliament of course in recess not sitting unlikely to sit again other than perhaps in the virtual world for some time how much does that affect um how our country is run and and our democracy
3: the, the one thing we do know is that um the Prime Minister made sure that uh, Dominic Raab was well briefed, what he expected to carry out as the first Secretary of State. He's in charge. What we do know this country is good at, government will always continue. No matter what happens, no matter how dark the hour may be, government always continues. The people are there, there are other cabinet ministers there, the advisors are all there. So the worry is that we do want our Prime Minister back. But what we don't need to worry about is. There are people, though, that will ensure that our country continues. In the same way, for Parliament, you're absolutely right. We are on Eastern recess. We are due back on the 21st. What we will be having to, we will have to go back because we have to make certain decisions about what we will do. Who knows? It could be a virtual Parliament. We don't know we will not make that decision until we get nearer the time of what is the best for parliament what is the best to do to protect mps and the staff who work there but there's no need to do a knee-jerk reaction to say what we're doing now what we've got to do is plan carefully which we did yesterday we had a commission meeting of the house of commons the first virtual commission meeting and we were discussing the implications of what will happen as we get nearer that return to parliament of course the government could always ask for parliament to be returned that is in the gift of the government Uh, but that has not come forward Um, at the moment the government is governing the one thing that you're absolutely right on politics is different politics is more united the one thing that an event like this does it brings us closer together working together and putting the country first and that's what people expect and that's what people will get
1: Absolutely, and again, uh, the government is more than one person. Even in a presidential system like in America and France, it is more than one person. All the advisors, Although we know Westminster has been particularly badly hit. We know London is the epicenter of the uh, infection rate uh, here in the UK, and particularly in Westminster. Now, whether that's because it just you know a lot of people who perhaps done international travel and uh, uh, perhaps just the, the the social circumstance they live in, but also obviously you know the the uh, Warren Rabbit Warren that is the House of Commons, perhaps uh, making it particularly. for people to get the virus. We know from Nadine Dorries, the health minister onwards, uh, people getting infected, having to self-isolate, even whether they know they've got the symptoms or not. Um, Is it likely in any way that Parliament will be able to return in person, even with social distancing, in the next few months? Or do you think, and you've certainly mentioned, I think five days ago, that you thought Parliament should certainly return, at least on a virtual basis?
3: Well, we know Parliament's got to return to, to, to actually decide what it's going to do. You just can't do it you know, there's certain things that will happen on the 21st. And as I say, what well, I don't want to do is speculate where we will be. What we do know that we've had select committees working. they have been virtual select committees. We've had over 17 meetings of select committees, doing virtual meetings, holding the government to account, uh, getting advisors in and, and doing their job. So we know that part of Parliament continues and that will continue through. What I would say is that Parliament will be prepared no decisions have been taken those decisions will be taken as we get nearer it would be wrong to speculate as you say we don't know where we'll be we're two and a half weeks away from return and only then that we will decide what needs to happen in the end the parliament is going back on the 21st how many will be in parliament will be to decide it what we do know is we've got to make sure MPs are safe, but we've also got to make sure staff who work at the House of Commons are safe. Yes. Same with the journalists who work there. It's doing the right things at the right time.
1: And, the, and, and this I'm is sure the key thing.
3: We will plan that right.
1: Yeah, it's not just 650 MPs. There are thousands of people who work in the House of Commons, here from the cleaners, the catering staff. And of course, a lot of those staff work for MPs, not just in the House of Commons. They also travel back with them to their constituencies. And there was a fear, wasn't there, that MPs were in a way being super spreaders, taking the, the virus across the country.
3: And... Uh, what i would say is you know we took measures uh we were ensuring that public health england were giving us the advice we're taking that advice on board and we work very closely with them and we will always continue to work with the right advice and taking the right decisions and you're absolutely right over 3,000 people work in the house of commons uh what we are down to at the moment is a, a skeleton staff The parliament is still uh ticking away but there's only 150 people in there because Uh, as we say we're on recess but you still do need security catering to back up that security so it's about ensuring some clerks will be in there as well it's trying to get people working from home which we've successfully done and it's about doing the right things I say. but what we will do is take the decisions at the appropriate time when we reach them
0: online on DAB and on the talk radio app talk
1: radio Boris Johnson remains in intensive care in St. Thomas's Hospital in London after his health deteriorated last night. He was moved at about seven o'clock to the intensive care unit. As you've been hearing the news, we're going to keep you up to date on any developments as they happen. Obviously, our, our best wishes go to Boris Johnson and his family at this time, but there are, of course, lots of constitutional aspects to this and implications for this. We have cabinet government, not a presidential system. So uh, where does uh, authority uh, now move? Well, let's talk to Lord uh, Bob Kerslake. He's the former head of the civil service, and he kindly joins us now. Good morning to you, Lord Kerslake. Uh,
4: good morning. Good morning.
1: Um, the, obviously, again, we have a very different system from, say, the American presidential system, where the, uh, the power immediately moves to the designated, you know, vice president, also elected. We have a, a prime minister. We have a we have a, a collective responsibility of a cabinet government. What happens now? Does does all the authority of the prime minister, if he is incapacitated, does it move to Dominic Raab as first secretary of state? And if so, how does that happen?
4: Well, first of all, I would want to say, uh, like everybody else, how sad I am that he is for uh, well and hope he uh, gets better soon. But our particular model doesn't give formal authority in the way that uh, the president has. Uh, it, it's a very different one. We elect a government and, of course, that government uh, has a cabinet and the prime minister comes from uh, being the leader of the main party. Uh, so he can deputise uh, his responsibilities, that's clear. Uh, sometimes that's been through the vehicle of a deputy prime minister post, uh, but not always. And indeed, uh, there isn't a, a formal post of deputy prime minister uh, in, in, in this uh, uh, government. Uh, so I think Dominic Rav can uh, take on these responsibilities. He's been given them expressly by the prime minister. So he's not prime minister, but he has got the delegated power of the prime minister. He will, though, want to carry his cabinet uh, with him. Uh, He won't want to be in a situation where he's making these decisions without support. So my expectation is he will draw in his colleagues uh, through the time he is uh, taking on this role and, and seek to carry them along the way. So he has the formal authority, but it's not the same as being... Uh, the Prime Minister elected through a general election as Boris Johnson was.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this is the thing so much of the power of a Prime Minister is in that sort of personal mandate nowadays, isn't it? After an election of Boris Johnson, of course, being elected as a Conservative leader, a rounding, sounding majority, and then, and then, of course, at the December general election. And, and a lot of it is sort of the, the personal force of personality of, of, of an, an individual. Um, how big a loss will that be in the coming days, weeks? weeks? weeks, we don't know, possibly months, without having that sort of central force of personality of Boris Johnson?
4: Well, it's a good point you make. Um, And I think it's political as well as uh, personality. It's political authority uh, that the prime minister brings. Ultimately, the power of the prime minister is to hire and fire his ministers. That's where their uh, true power comes from. And that isn't available clearly to Dominic Raab. So it is different and we face some enormous questions uh, at the moment some enormous challenges So so how and in what way will we end the lockdown? Will we need to intensify in the next uh, period? Uh, How do we ensure that we really are protecting everyone uh, uh, economically from uh, the impact of this uh, lockdown and crucially of course how do we ensure the equipment is there for those who are in health and care the frontline services and uh, that we step up the, the testing so massive uh, tasks ahead what i do think is that the sheer gravity of the situation will mean that the cabinet will rally around Dominic rab and, and give him the authority he needs i think that's the way it will work nobody will want to Uh, be seen to be uh, disruptive or divisive uh, in this
0: really uh, very grave period. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio.
1: We're delighted to be joined by the Northern Ireland Secretary, uh, former chairman of the party, uh, Brandon Lewis, who joins us. Good morning to you, Mr Lewis.
5: Good morning,
1: Julia. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. Um, First of all, uh, your, your thoughts, your reaction to that really quite devastating news last night that the Prime Minister is in intensive care.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, my thoughts straight away went to both the Prime Minister, Carrie, and his entire family. As it would for anybody, my opposite number, Tony Lloyd's in hospital at the well, as well at the moment and fighting this and, and undergoing treatment as well. To anybody who's suffering this or knows somebody who's suffering with this dreadful virus, your thoughts go out to them and, and wish them a very speedy recovery. And obviously, as the Prime Minister... Um, somebody, you know, we're all working with and admire and enjoy working with and is leading our country forward. We want him back to full fitness as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah, indeed. And of course, we know there are many thousands of other families who are going through this horror at the moment, people who have lost lives. But we know, of course, there is not just a personal implication here. There are also uh, big uh, knock-on effects in terms of the running of the country. Now, Dominic Raab is the, not just the Foreign Secretary, he's also designated First Secretary of State. He's taking over some of the day-to-day running of the government. Um, look, we, he said only yesterday he had hadn't spoken to the Prime Minister since Saturday, and I think that's what rang quite an alarm bells for people, that perhaps the Prime Minister was uh, more ill than, than perhaps we were being told. Um, there is a concern that we are not getting full information. Um, do you not think it's vital at this time that Downing Street is very open about how unwell the Prime Minister is, whether he is conscious or not, and exactly what role Dominic Raab and other Cabinet Ministers will play through this?
5: Well, actually, I think number 10 is being very transparent. And we will continue as a government to be transparent about this. And Yes, it is a very good, good example of that, as we now know, as it's been outlined. Prime Minister went into the unit, the intensive care unit, about 7 o'clock last night. The Cabinet were briefed. We were all briefed. And it was made public at 8 o'clock last night. There will be continual updates. So I've spoken to number 10 myself this morning. We will be updating throughout the course of the day as and when there are things to update. But let me be very clear as well. I think it is really important for people to be absolutely aware. The Prime Minister is fully conscious. Um, He is the Prime Minister of the country. We've got a strong cabinet. We're all absolutely united. Dom as Foreign Secretary and First Secretary of State, is empowered to deputise for the Prime Minister and is doing so, and will do an excellent job in that role. But we all work together on this. And just today, there will be meetings all through today, which I'll be attending as a Cabinet member, looking at the economic impacts and what we're doing, looking at the health impacts, the public sector, how we make sure things like PPE get to where they need to be, as we did with 5 million pieces of PPE for Northern Ireland just yesterday. So all of that work continues. We do that as a team. And we're united in doing that and we're all very clear about the direction that's been set by the prime minister that we are, are determined to deliver on
1: we're not going to be seeing any personal egos and, and, and attempts to sort of vie for more power from certain cabinet ministers
5: no look no, i think as a, as a cabinet we're, we're a really united cabinet we're absolutely behind the prime minister we all have been part of making the decisions around the journey of travel in terms of how we fight this dreadful virus always guided by the medicine by the science and the first thought for everybody is always going to be the health of the public of the united kingdom and i don't think anybody out there would thank anybody for doing anything other than that and that's where our focus rightly is and should be
1: Okay. Just finally, there have been some talk about a government of national unity, perhaps more understandable if we were in a situation with a uh, a government that didn't have a majority of eighty that just won a general election. But with the arrival of Sir Keir Starmer as a new Labour leader, we know that he's being brought in, sort of, to have meetings to get briefings on on what is going on and the medical and scientific advice. Is there any possibility we will see some sort of government of political of national unity involving politicians from different parties working together? Well,
5: the Prime Minister. I wrote to the leaders of the opposition parties just a few days ago to um, invite them to be more involved, to be fully briefed up, to understand where we're going. But ultimately, we're making decisions as a cabinet, as a clear government with a majority, all of the time, based on that medical evidence, the scientific advice about what's in the best interest of the country. So I'm sure all party leaders will be working together for the best interest of the country, but we've got a, a government that's focused and determined about our purpose at the
0: moment. Online on DAB and on the Talk Radio app, Talk Radio.
1: Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6:30 till 10.
3: Planning for your next trip?